2: I'm Rosanna Tennant and you are listening to the incredible Cut to the Race podcast.
0: Welcome to the Cut to the Race podcast. It is another Wednesday recording today. It is uh, Wednesday the 28th of April. Uh, last week we had Michael Italiano on the podcast. We've had loads of good feedback about that. We're glad you guys enjoyed that. But we are back today with another special guest. But before we introduce her, uh, we have
1: Callum on the show. How are you, Callum? I'm good, mate. I didn't have a power cut before the show this time, so it's already going better than last time, innit? it?
0: It, it is it is um and we we also have Emma how are you
3: I'm fine thanks hopefully my internet remains stable for the rest of this podcast but we'll see
0: <laughs> it's all right as long as you freeze while you're smiling and not pulling up strange face yeah. right. <laughs> um, and we have a special guest by the name of Rosanna Tennant how are you
2: hi guys yeah really well thank you I'm nervous that I'm following Michael I don't have any fitness tips or healthy eating things to to share with you all I should have prepped something
0: (laughs) well that's fine because we did all of that last week I think last week I was guaranteed to go on diets and all sorts but uh, yeah it's already out the window so (laughs) don't worry about that
2: Okay, (laughs) Um,
0: for our listeners who who don't know who you are can you uh, describe yourself in one sentence for me
2: (laughs) One sentence? Okay, so I am the very tall um, commentator and presenter in Formula One, and I work for Formula One, sometimes at track, but because we live in a very weird world at the moment, uh, I'm based at Formula One's headquarters in Biggin Hill in the United Kingdom.
0: Amazing. Um, And some people may know you from your role with Mercedes?
2: Yes, so I do a little bit with Mercedes on the side. So I work with an amazing group of people, um, both at the team and then another company to help them with their video content. Um, But I'm very much um, sort of extra pair of hands now. I used to be very, very involved, but just because there's quite a lot going on day to day for me, um, there's an amazing team that kind of take care of it. Cameramen and women, editors, graphic designers, both at the team and at the company that I work with. So yeah, yeah, you're right. Mercedes as well
0: awesome so you're actually no stranger to podcasting are you so um you you work on the f1 nation podcast which by the way we are not endorsing this one is no i'm only joking it's a great podcast um what's it like working on there sort of well compared to this this one that we're doing here
2: well, this is great. I feel very relaxed. So during lockdown, I worked on F1 Nation. This year, the wonderful Tom Clarkson, Matthew Pinkham, and Damon Hill are doing it. But last year, I was treated to working with Alex Jakes and Tom Clarkson. And yeah, it was great. They used to set me a challenge. I like could sort of Rosanna. A Rosanna challenge, challenge Rosanna even. Um, and I'd have to kind of get a driver on the phone, make them say a funny word or reveal a secret. Um, I think with like Alan Prost, I was trying to get him to say professor. Um, but yeah, it was all a bit obvious, I think. So yeah, I was always nervous on the podcast. Whereas with this, it's nice. It's like having a chat with some friends. So um, I was always kind of worrying that I wasn't going to fulfill the challenge and that Alex and, and Tom would tell me off for not
1: doing a good job. Here at the Formula Nerds, we're passionate about women in motorsport. How did it feel to lead the first all-female Formula One commentary team on F1's pit lane channel?
2: Yeah, it was quite cool. It actually was back in July last year with Alice Powell. And Jakey Alex Jakes, I'm sure you all know him, he had been asking me to sit in on some of the sessions just to get a feel for commentary. And it was never something that I'd kind of thought I... Well, to be blunt, wanted to do, thought I could do, or would ever be asked to do. So he's like, why don't you come in, mate, on like an FP3 session? Can do half an hour, 15 minutes, 10 minutes. Like he was selling it into me. And I did a couple of sessions. And then he was like, why don't you do this? Weekends one with um, Alice and he <laughs> and Jake says like I'm going to go have a diet coke and uh, you guys can do it together and by the way I think this might be the first all female commentary box ever cool okay bye so I so oh cool. my goodness so I didn't really have much time to kind of get my head around it and Alice is super professional obviously amazing driver driver coach she's a fabulous commentator and we're going to have her in the commentary box for pit lane channel um, throughout. 2021 as well, which will be great here and there. Um, So yeah, it was quite cool opening up. I mean, because it wasn't my normal role as a commentator, it was all a bit new. So I was nervous about doing a good job just in terms of like commentating and holding the broadcast together. And then yeah, just super proud that the two of us were doing it. And um, yeah, since then I've been very honored to call the first start, I think. I think it's the first start called by a woman. I don't know. I mean, who's who's counting these records? Um, but I think, yeah, I think it's a bit of a new thing for a woman to be commentating on F1 and, and calling qualifying and the race right start. So, um, it's a new thing and it's quite a nerve wracking thing. <laughs> um, but hopefully you know, 23 races to practice <laughs> by Christmas. I should be great. <laughs>
3: We, to be honest, like when I was hearing, when I was watching practice and I heard Natalie Pinkham's voice um, commentating on practice, I was like, this is just absolutely amazing. Just to hear a woman's voice um, commentating over Formula One practice. And I just thought the next thing we need to do, we need to get some female Formula One drivers into the car. That's 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 the next step. Um, but you're you're an ambassador with the FIE Girls on Track community, which was Dare to Be Different, set up by Susie Wolf. I am part of that community, oh, cool. and it really sort of inspired me to become a writer. And um, I actually went to Silverstone, met Susie Wolf, and met Louise Goodman, and met loads of other women who really wanted to get into the motorsport community. But with you being an ambassador, what do you do to actively sort of influence women and young girls to, to get into motorsport, whether they want to be a driver or whether they want to get into to your example?
2: Well, I think I don't really do anything um, sort of over and above anybody else. I think I just try and, you know, we're so spoilt now with social media to give a little window on of our world so i try and just show what i'm up to and um you know whether that is presenting or commentating or whether you know in the last few years being at track just to kind of show what i'm up to to hopefully show people who are browsing social media or kind of looking around to see who's in the world of formula one and motorsport just to see what What's possible and what you can do. And whether they see that as, oh, look, there's a woman doing that, or whether they just see like, oh, that's a potential career opportunity or something that I could look into, you know, whatever gender, however you identify, then that's cool just to to kind of shine a light on, on the job option. Because I definitely don't think what I do now was something that my careers advisor at uni or my like teachers at school ever mentioned. I don't think it was something, well, perhaps it was something you knew was something people were doing, but you would never be like, cool, and I'll just go and do that. So um, yeah, just, I like kind of just showing what I'm up to. And hopefully that's a way of of informing people a bit. Um, the Dare to be Different um, kind of initiative was, it was obviously easy to, to kind of get involved and go and take part in the days that we put on for the, the students. And I actually love the fact that, you know, Dare to be Different Now Girls on Track UK has inspired you to write because I always found that, you know, we're, helping very young girls, um, slightly older girls, adolescents. And I always loved, at the end of the day, you sort of felt that the girls felt a little bit more empowered, a bit more confident, shoulders back. Um, and you sort of do hope that you plant a little seed, whether that's in the media workshop with me or whether it's carting out on track when we were at cart tracks or, you know, even doing CPR and someone, you know, may, one of the girls may have gone away being like, gosh, I think I'd like to be a doctor or a nurse or a physio or whatever it might be. So it's just like those little seeds that just hopefully will germinate and, as you say, kind of inspire people. So I wouldn't say I'm doing anything extraordinary. And of course, it actually feels a little bit annoying So I feel a little bit like my wings have been clipped over the last sort of 15 months to be able to do a lot more because we haven't been able to do events. But we've done a few online webinars, a few interviews of people in the community. And so hopefully that's helped a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think it's just continually showcasing what everyone's up to and also championing other people. You know, it's very easy to put up a picture of yourself on um, social media but it's also to even if it's a simple like or a share or whatever it might be of what other people are up to in the in the motorsport space um and that can be as a female male doesn't matter like just almost kind of getting behind everybody and supporting everybody and what they're up to so you've
0: you've also done some work um in tennis um you you worked (laughs) with with Wimbledon um can you just tell me what What's it like going from tennis to Formula One? I mean, they're quite different. And also, Rosanna, where does your heart lie? Is it tennis or Formula One?
2: Oh, my heart lies just in um, chatting to people. So actually, that helps a little bit with the transition between different sports. I love just kind of helping tell people's story getting the best out of them asking them questions finding out what makes them tick you know why it was a difficult day in the office in inverted commas um, why it was so great and i like, trying to get them to convey their emotions um, so i feel very lucky to be that sort of conduit between these amazing sportsmen and women and fans at home who perhaps haven't been able to get a ticket or haven't been able to be there so that's the kind of thing that helps me kind of go between so where does my heart lie i think that's like a very diplomatic way of saying that um, Tennis, I I really enjoyed. I had the dramatic like juxtaposition was I flew back from Austria on the Sunday night, had to be at Wimbledon. I think at sort of seven thirty in the morning on the Monday morning. Um, so yeah, it was quite a a change of pace, as it were. Um, but yeah, really cool. It was my first ever time working at Wimbledon. I'd only ever been as a fan a couple of times, and you suddenly start like double guessing or double checking. I was like, hang on, how do you score this game again? Not that I was obviously doing any of the scoring, but then they go like, oh, "Rosanna, we're going to come down to you at court number three. Can you just give a quick um, sort of summary of what's happened? You start to realize that when you sit on your sofa at home watching tennis or whatever it might be, you kind of just let it wash over you. But if you have to report on what just happened, I was like, did he win that last point with an ace or was it a really good shot? to?" Oh gosh, help! Don't come to me yet. Don't come to me yet. <laughs> um, So yeah, you start like, thinking I don't know if I even know how this sport works.
0: Um, Federer's on pole is he? Yeah
2: exactly yeah (laughs) Yeah. oh my god yeah mixing all my metaphors um so yeah it's 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 fun though to do something you know so spoiled to have the opportunity to work somewhere like Wimbledon which is just super prestigious and an incredible championship um but yeah also really weird because obviously I was only two week championships obviously but I couldn't do all of it because I had Austria but very different to a long, long season over a year where loads of different storylines play out, whereas it's super condensed, obviously, with something like the tennis. So yeah, it's all all different, but it's all good. And I think all these different opportunities, you know, help in a way of, you know, just gaining more experience even for me. So yeah. I tripped over a PIMS can actually when they threw down to me at one point, and it just like rattled along the floor. And they're like, "What was that?" I was like, it's a Pimm's can, just a PIMS can." Or, like, "Oh my god, your bow." <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, "Just gonna, just say it as I see it." It was good practice in my commentary. I was like, "Just, just say what, what's happening. Just paint the picture. Paint the picture for everyone at home because obviously that was radio, so I really had to do painting the picture." Yeah, I was like, "Oh gosh, i are gonna think I'm an old soak tripping over a Pimm's can. <laughs> I am working, I promise, producer. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, I I should imagine when you're working for F1, you have to remain impartial to teams and drivers. But when the cameras aren't rolling, Mm. who are you secretly giving a little fist pump to when they cross the line in first place? Who do you want to win?
2: More like, gosh, if they do well and the cameras are going to the factory on Monday or Tuesday to record it, I'm like, yes, they're going to get some great content or, um, you know, it might, that helps us. So it's more that, but obviously I have, closer contact with the Mercedes team. So it's more that if everyone's in jolly spirits on a Monday or Tuesday at the race debrief, I know our content's going to be great. So yeah, that always helps. But also just kind of, I'm sure everyone kind of, you know, you saw Lando Norris on the podium last time, even if you're not a McLaren fan, you could see how much it meant to their team. You could see how much it meant to Red Bull getting the win over Mercedes. I don't know. So each time you can kind of just, you feed off all those smiles and the cheering that each of the teams kind of does at the end of every race so yeah I just it's just lovely isn't it watching everyone kind of be successful and and also new faces on the podium which is even more exciting so yeah
3: so you do quite a number of different things through through a Formula One race weekend so just talk me through how you actually go about planning that because I'd imagine there's a lot to do so how do you just manage your time and planning the whole race weekend with all the sort of different jobs and different things that you've got to do
2: it's a very, very good question, Emma.
3: Uh, and here we are on a Wednesday
2: <laughs> night, and I am um, already thinking: right, tomorrow I'll go to Biggin Hill. We do a few little tests. I'll do a um, doing an Instagram live with one of the F3 drivers tomorrow, and then Friday, obviously, we go straight into FP1 and then FP2, and um, I do the highlights. Voiceover for FP two, um, and then Saturday obviously is FP three and Quali. So I kind of, you know, it's kind of ramping up. And then we have a rehearsal on a Sunday morning. Then we do the pre race show, which is kind of where I'm more presenting. And then we run downstairs and do the commentary. Um, and then yeah, if you walked into the commentary box like five minutes after we put our mics down, I'm a bit like, um, but yes, I kind of just what I'm kind of learning is just kind of like the story is going to come to you almost over the weekend. So there's no point, you can't prepare for the race in terms of what's going to happen on like lap one, lap five, lap 10. Like obviously it's live sport, So you just kind of have to let it come at you. Um, but yes, of course, like this afternoon, I've been just reading all the press releases that come out from the teams and making sure I'm kind of across all the stories that have happened in the last 10 days off the back of Imola, um, and just kind of following the narratives as they unfold. So, um, yeah, preparation is key, but also just trying to take take each day of the race weekend as it comes. And, you know, social media is great. You kind of follow what the drives are up to and you get a flavor for how they're feeling going into the race weekend. Same with the teams. Um, and yeah, just kind of hope it's just a, a great race, but nothing, nothing too drastic. Um, just something fun to commentate on.
0: You 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 did just touch on 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 F three and some work you do with with the other formulas. Um, you you worked on the road to F one. What was what was that like? And um, who who would you sort of say shines out as a real star um, fr- from your work there? And and who should who should our listeners be looking out for? And you can't say everyone, but. Uh, <laughs> Who really stands
2: no, out. I was lucky because I did um the podcast with Jake C and then also um voiced a little bit for the F2 documentary. But um I have to say, and loads of people, I don't know, people may think I'm um mad, but I just really love Dan Tictum. Um so that is someone I would get people to get behind. I think he is a bit spicy. Um, he's always a pleasure to interview. Um, always got something to say, you know, when I do the Instagram lives for for F2, you know, he's happy to sit and chat and, you know, he's very honest. And I know sometimes that can bite people, but I, I really, really like him. Um, I actually worked with him in the sort of earlier stages of his career helped with like the design of his car and his helmet and things like that. So i um, obviously with a graphic designer because I am terrible. It would have looked like clip art if I had done that, but I was kind of involved with some of those conversations. But yeah, he's a, he's a great guy. He's super talented. And I just, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing where he heads. Um, and then I'm very excited, um, about JM career coming back into the fold in F3. Um, he may or may not be the guy I'm, um, guy I'm interviewing tomorrow. Um, so yeah, I think the, it's such a shame, isn't it? Because the junior categories are, um, super exciting. The racing is awesome. Uh, you know, sometimes you can have a race weekend, and it's like the F2 kind of eclipses the F1 from a sort of racy point of view. Um, and it's just a shame that pretty much, have got to be honest, that not all of them are going to make it to F1. And that can be really frustrating. You know, we are seeing Nick DeVries go off to Formula E. And of course, he's having, you know, success there. But wouldn't it have been nice to see him in F1 as well? So, yeah, not enough seats, unfortunately. The musical chairs is, is pretty killer in, in F1. So, just got to... Although I'm super happy about Callum Eilert. You guys are a fan of I now, one of the, sorry, one yeah. of the reserve drivers at Alfa Romeo. So, um, yeah, look, it's it's cool to see the guys in and around the paddock um, and just hope more and more can get an opportunity. So, yeah, Dan to him. And I quite like my new Joe as well. I like him.
1: So. Sorry, I've just lost my question there. Sorry. Don't worry, I might use my answer. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got like six in front of me, and I just—they've just suddenly all merged together. That's we don't ask questions; it's a natural conversation. Come on, it's, of course, yes, of course, go. yes. I, I like to prepare though. Um, that was it. So, what are your thoughts on the current season? Are you swaying towards Lewis or Max? Now, forget about your Mercedes. Yeah, of,
2: right, I'm uh, not. I'm not like
1: loyalty. Like, you
2: know. I'm not. I'm not a fan girl. Um, I'm a professional, professional. Um, so who am I Who am I rooting for? Is that what your question
1: is? Not um, necessarily rooting for, but who do you think is going to come out on top is more the question. So even if you did support Lewis, do you think Max has realistically got a chance to come out on top?
2: Yeah, I do. I do think he's got a chance to come out on top. I think... Um, Huge oh, relief really <laughs> there from Caleb. He's like, yes! Um,
1: Good answer. Correct. I,
2: Well, look, whoever, I don't know who will actually come out of the season as world champion, but what I think is super exciting is I think what we've already seen is going to just continue throughout the whole season, which at the end of the day, if we just get sublime racing for 23 race weekends, that's okay with me. I don't really mind who's accepting the trophy at the FIA Awards, wherever they may be, however they may be (laughs) carried out at the end of this year. Um, I just think if we can have tense racing like we've had so far, then that's awesome. Um, it's, It's just, it's super tight. It sort of feels, it's weird because Red Bull have come out much stronger than in previous seasons, which is really exciting because it's taken so long for them to catch up every year. But equally, the problem, and it's a weird word to use, the problem is when Mercedes are on the back foot, that is almost more dangerous. And it's also when Lewis is on the back foot, he's more dangerous. So it's kind of, you've got kind of two different scenarios. And we know that Mercedes have a bad weekend and they come back and get a one-two. You know, when Lewis is struggling, he charges through the field and takes the win. So you can throw anything at Mercedes and I know they'll bounce back. The change this year is that Red Bull are already way ahead of where they normally are. So Mercedes are usually kind of okay to have a few moments because Red Bull take a while to get themselves up to speed but yeah this is the year where that's that's not probably the case but if that means better racing woohoo I'm all for it so yeah but you can still be excited though that Max Max may be the winner who knows
1: he's gonna win there's He'll no win. question for me
2: what about Checo are you a fan of Checo or are you just a Max are you a Red Bull I'm Gen- just a Ma-
1: I'm just a Max fan
2: just a Max fan Mad Max
1: yeah that second seat just gets changed all the time. I can't really commit to anyone in that seat, so it's just max for me. I don't know if this is coming or going, do you? Can
2: you imagine the people who are like, right, I'm just going to be the, the, the other driver, Red Bull fan, and every time they're just like, oh, another top. Help, I need more kit, I need more kit.
3: <laughs> Yeah, You'd have to be
1: pretty wealthy to support that second seat, I think. <laughs>
3: exactly. We've got Callum Callum here, who's like a huge Max Verstappen fan. And then we've got Ollie, who is the biggest Lewis Hamilton fan I know. So you can imagine what the conversation is like in the Formula Nerds group chats oh at the mo- this moment in time. The two of them are like loggerheads all the time. <laughs> um, what, what about you, Emma, though? Who do you support? I'm a huge Daniel Ricciardo fan. Okay.
2: Okay, well, that's cool then. You want.
3: I think he's going to,
2: you know, he'll be on the podium before long, I think. Lando's shown it's possible. I think Danny Rick is... Yeah, is definitely. definitely. G1. G1 in Papaya.
3: Papaya. Yes. Yeah, the two of them roll their eyes when I talk about Daniel Ricardo. So having Michael Italiano on the podcast was something quite special for me last week. <laughs> yeah, I
2: can imagine, I can imagine. He's a bit of a, he's like a star in his own right after Netflix.
3: He is, yeah, yeah he really is um so we we just sort of touched upon the the sort of Junior series with Formula Two Formula Three, but we also have W Series joining the Formula One support categories this year, which is so exciting. I've followed W series since it, it you know it started in 2019. but what are your thoughts on on W Series joining the the Junior series and you know is it something that you're really looking forward to watching this year? Are you getting involved in it in any way?
2: So to answer your last question, no, I'm not getting involved in it, either as a driver or any other way. Um, but I will be definitely watching it. Um, I'm quite offended they haven't asked me to drive, actually. Um, the things I can do with a golf. Um, but no, I am, I'm really looking forward to watching it. I think it's super cool that they're obviously um, supporting Formula One. I think they kind of need to be there because it kind of helps cement that position it needs to have as a sort of road to F1. You know, we sort of built F2 as the road to F1, but W Series needs to be taken that seriously as well. If we are going to see a female driver in Formula One, um, and obviously the road from W Series may go through F2 or F3, F2, and then to F1. But yeah, I think bringing it closer to the F1 world and circus is a really great idea. And I think it's going to be cool. We're going to see them racing on some really great tracks. Um, but yeah, are you a Jamie
3: Chadwick fan? I am. I am a big Jamie Chadwick fan, but I'm also quite good friends with Sarah Moore. So I'll be cheering her on as well.
2: Yeah, no, there are some really great drivers and it's just going to be really interesting to see how the season plays out. And, you know, for the drivers themselves to be, you know, the team principals in F1 are busy over the weekends, but to be kind of somewhere where the, where the team principals can be looking and the teams can be watching, you know, that's that's amazing as well. That kind of helps just shine the light on the series a bit more and, and hopefully will provide opportunities for them, you know, in the coming years
3: yeah that that's quite a good point actually there's something that i've explained to lots of people who don't really understand why we're segregating women and, and men um in this sort of series is i kind of feel like even in f2 and f3 it gives all the teams an opportunity to see a different sort of talent pool um and it also gives them an opportunity to see women you know driving driving these f3 because they're f3 spec cars so it gives them an opportunity to see a women driving these cars and the women driving will have lots of opportunities to even get seats in F3 and F2. I, I believe that, you know, that could possibly happen this year as well. I don't think anyone in the current grid of W Series will get an F1 drive. I think it probably happened in a few years time. Um, but I think there's a possibility for the current drivers to to get into seats in, in F2 and F3 as well.
2: Yeah. And I think it's important that it isn't rushed. I think You know, if Jamie Chadwick had won W series and suddenly found herself racing in Formula One, I don't think that would have actually been a wise decision. I think she needs to take the time to go through other categories and to get to Formula One, because otherwise you then run the risk of people going, Oh, you know, maybe the old school of thought, you know, oh see, that's why they can't race in F one or whatever. So I think it's really important that yes, W Series exists and we have some great racing in it, but I don't think we should just kind of plaster over the issues and be like, "Cool, let's just shove them in F1 now." Then that would be no one; be to no one's benefit at all. So, um, yeah, I think just and also it's just more seats, isn't it? There aren't. There are, we've already spoken. There aren't enough seats in F1. There aren't enough seats. Therefore, in the junior categories, you know, everybody's wanting to be in these these hot seats in the in the motorsport world. So, yeah, if we can get some more people showcased. Um, then that's that's fantastic. But yeah, I think it's going to take time. And I think it would be foolish to be like, perfect, cool, W Series solves the issue. And once all those girls have graduated or women have graduated from W Series, they can just go into F1. Nah-uh-uh. That's not that's not the way to solve a long-term, not a long-term problem, but we need a long-term solution to a problem that's been going on for, for a while. So yeah, it would be, again, just fascinating to watch all of all of the competitors in W Series this year, but then also what happens subsequently as well. Because I think that's then super important as well. can't just kind of like fall off the conveyor belt.
1: You mentioned there that there's not enough seats in Formula One. Do you think that there could ever be a time where we see more teams come into the fold, so maybe even 11, 12 teams on on the grid to give more of these younger drivers and women drivers a chance?
2: I hope so. And I think with the budget cap coming in, it obviously makes it more affordable for um, the big OEMs, you know, manufacturers who may now have a bit more of an appetite to commit to something like Formula One, which potentially in the last few years has become unattainable or um, something that they can't commit to. I mean, obviously, coronavirus has maybe hampered a few of those um, hopes and ambitions. But yes, I would hope that with the price to, to play coming down, then more people would like to play. So, I don't see anything wrong with an 11 or a 12 team grid, um, and I think that would just be more exciting. You know, we see m- more drivers on the grid um, in F3 and um, F2, so yeah, it would be great. It would be great to have more people. I think.
0: Well, we were at the supercars the other day and there was 50 of them going around. I thought that was bloody fantastic. Maybe we should get 50 F1 <laughs> cars.
2: My brain would explode commentating on that. Oh, my God. I almost got a nosebleed animal on the first lap as it was.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: With wipers for my television screen. I was like, I can't see anything. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah momentary like laps there for me but yeah it's fine i don't think i sounded like i swallowed my tongue for the whole lap just perhaps a couple of corners <laughs>
0: <laughs> whilst we're um whilst we're talking other series before we go straight back to f1 hmm. i just wanted to get your thoughts on formula e obviously that's a bit of a next generation with with, with um obviously the electric electric power um, but also um, what, what, what was your take on uh, extreme e
2: yeah, extreme me, my goodness me, I wouldn't have wanted to drive in the desert like that. The visibility, I mean, I'm talking about not being able to see what's going on down to the first turn, at Imola freaking out, and I was in a commentary box. How those drivers navigated the course, should we call it the course? I don't know. I mean, it looked like you could go anywhere. Um, yeah, I mean, unbelievable. And some of the crashes were quite terrifying, to be honest. But um, yeah, I think... It seemed quite fun. <laughs> it seemed quite fun to watch. I didn't watch all of it, I have to uh, be honest. But um, yeah, we've got some cool... I mean, Sebastian Lowe is one of my favourites from my work in WRC. So to see him racing, it's just always a pleasure. Um, but yeah, I think it's weird, isn't it, how you've got Rosberg, Hamilton, Button kind of going up against each other in a, in a championship. Um, yeah, that would be an interesting one to see because Lewis Hamilton doesn't really like to lose. Um, no, and he, and he did Rosberg. <laughs> <And> he did. <laughs> so it was cool, but I'm looking forward to the the upcoming rounds. Um, it's an amazing, amazing concept, isn't it? Really, so it's a real kind of whole new community they've built. So yeah, a really really cool idea. Quite I'd like to go on that mm. boat. The Saint Heli- is that Saint Helena. I think
1: it is. Yeah. I really hope that F1 pay attention to it and take something from it.
2: Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, there's definitely, you know, there's a lot of, um, drive towards sustainability in F1 at the moment. Obviously, Extreme E has taken that on a step and has sort of been born out of an idea of really tackling that. Um, so it's it's just different, isn't it? Because F1 has a very different, um, sort of footprint. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I'm amazed. And also, I just think like more racing, the better. Like you can't really complain. So um, yeah, hopefully even more excitement
3: to come with them. I just think some of the, the tech behind it is just absolutely amazing. I did a feature on it for our website uh, last week and I'm just absolutely bowled over at the amount of work um, that they've put into it, trying to get sustainable energy, like this completely clean energy with the batteries, and the the tires are made out of dandelion rubber, and it, you know, in an example, I think to to the other motorsport series as well. Although we have
2: got new materials in Formula One now, you can use hemp and bamboo. I think was it? Not quite remember. I remember. Is that James <laughs> Hunt. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, it's, um, yeah, interesting. I, I'm looking forward to seeing all those materials roll out. But yeah, you're right. It is it is amazing. It's a whole new world, isn't it, really, that extremely have kind of um, unveiled to us all. But yeah, I, I kind of wonder again, you know, what would season two look like? And, you know, are they going to choose different areas because you don't want to go back to the same place? So yeah, be interesting to see how it all unfolds and the drivers who see it and get excited by it and want to therefore be involved with it. And does that mean more teams or... Um, you know, is it something that Lewis Hamilton's is going to commit to indefinitely, or is he, you know, going to move on to something different? So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, it's exciting to, to see all these new projects come out in the motorsport community. More racing, more excitement.
0: So going going back to F1, which is obviously why we're all here. Um, mm-hmm. You you've spoken to dare I say every single driver on the grid probably many times.
2: Um, <laughs> make sure I have though. Hang on. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Yeah.
0: I, I was I was quite confident when I said that.
2: I well, not only because I haven't been at the tracks yet, and I was like, oh, I, have. I went to for testing. And I was thinking, have I definitely been tall? Oh, yes, okay, I
0: have. <laughs> um, so you, you get to see a lot of who they actually are as people, um, rather than just what everyone sees on TV as well. I mean, obviously it's a mixture, but um, who really has been sort of your favourite person to sit down and talk to? Not not necessarily about Formula One, but just as a human being, you know, who, who's really who have you really gelled with?
2: Um, well, I don't think he might be saying this, and he probably wouldn't see this as a thing, but I seem to live quite near Nicholas Latifi in London, and the other day I was having a coffee and a huge slice of cake outside, because obviously that's what coronavirus does to you, Um, and it also makes me eat a lot of cake, as it turns out, Um, and he just came over and was like, hi, I was like, oh my god, hi, and I thought that was just so nice that he had bothered to come and say hello, because he could have easily just walked past and gone off and done what he was doing. But he came over, said hello. We had a nice chat. It was before the season even started, before testing. Um, so I thought that was really lovely, just to show kind of a human side to these drivers, because more often than not in the paddock, you know, it's kind of head down quickly, get from the hospitality unit or the, the building to the pit building, whatever. Um, but I just thought that was a really nice nice thing to do. Didn't need to do that to little old me. Um, and then always love having a chat with George Russell, um, and Alex Albon, oh, bring him back. Um, but yeah, I think also because I've kind of, they, <laughs> I was old, but like we grew up together <laughs> through F2 into F1. I feel like I was the grandmother, but you know, I kind of like the fact that they always were a bit more open in the junior categories. So then you kind of keep that relationship as they move up into the the top echelon. Um, so yeah, George Russell, love. And then, um, who else? Esteban Ocon, always a delight to, to sit and chat to, always gave me the time. You know, I was like kind of pacing up and down the paddock, being told just to like fill for time and thinking, oh goodness, who can I talk to? You know, there would be Esteban and go, Can I quick, quick quick word? He's like, Yeah, of course, of course. So we'd have a nice chat. So he was always great. Um, and then I'm trying to think of others. What about Kimmy? Kimmy and I get on absolutely famously. Um, mm-hmm. love a driver parade with Kimmy Rathlin Um <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you saw. There was one. I think it was in China, 2019. It must have been, where I'd legitimately because I think some people probably think I make it up. But I had had a dream that Kimi Raikkonen was my neighbour. Pretty sure it was a neighbour. Yeah, <laughs> remember what I said? And I thought I'm going to ask him on the driver's truck, just like catch him unawares, just go kind of random, um, go left field. I mean, honestly, I think he thinks I'm mad. But um, sometimes that's the best way to approach things <laughs> because. You know, if you ask the straightforward, like, you know, you're starting from P12 today, what's possible? Um, he'd be like, it's the car, blah, blah, blah. So you're like, great, <laughs> thanks so much. So yeah, I kind of hope that if you kind of go in with something different, perhaps he'll respond. But equally, he may not. So you just have to chance it. So yeah, he's, he's hilarious. But I love... And obviously it's his wife and his children, so he's going to be in great spirits. But I look at all the stuff on social media with Mintu, his wife, putting up lovely things of like them all chilling out in wherever they are. And I'm like, God, he looks so like happy and carefree and he's laughing and then literally in the paddock. I'm like, come on, Kimmy, I want home Kimmy here at work. Um, so yeah, he's, he's a cool guy. I do like Kimmy.
0: There, there was a, a podcast Tom Clarkson did with Kimmy, um, Ethical. Which one was it for? But anyway, there was an hour-long podcast <laughs> with Kimmy, and I thought, course. That's the one, yeah. Um, and yeah, what an assignment that is, an hour with Kimmy. <laughs> yeah,
2: he was good, though. I thought he was good with him.
0: I did enjoy that. I thought it was really funny. I did. I
2: think oh. also, you know, if you're going to tell Kimmy Rykin you're going to do an hour's podcast, I think he, I mean, maybe he's asked to do it and has to do it, but I don't think he's going to turn, he wouldn't do it if he wasn't committed to doing it. And he's a good bloke, and Tom is lovely, so... Hmm. Um, yeah, he's great. Yeah, Kimi Raikkonen, goodness me. It'll be sad when he goes, actually, from the paddock because I think he's such a such a character um, that we sort of forget how much he brings to the paddock, even though it's a joke about how much he doesn't chat, if you know what I mean. So yeah, I think we would miss him a lot, definitely. Who is
1: the standout driver for you at the moment who is up and coming? Who do you think is going to be the next Max Verstappen or the next Lewis Hamilton? I've personally got my eye on Yuki Tsunoda. I think he's going to be a really, really... Right, I, just,
2: I just wish the um, my wonderful colleagues in Team Radio I wish they didn't beep it out I'd love to hear how he swears and what he says all those, those words I mean he's ferocious um, but yeah you're right Yeah, I think he's definitely one to watch and I'm really glad actually because I think there was so much chat about it, like, oh he's only coming into F1 because of Honda and actually I'm really glad he's come out super punchy and super on it and yeah okay he banged it in the wall in Imola but I think that shows that he's massively pushing when you've got some of the old guard, I mean, I know they've only been in the sport a few years, but, you know, you've got sort of Carlos Sainz's and the Daniel Ricardos and Sebastian Vettel's just saying like, I'm a bit tentative in my new car and I'm trying to find the limit. Like, Yuki's just like, I'm out, I'm going for it. Like, watch me. Watch me take off the back of this car. <laughs> um, so, yeah, props to him for, for going out and getting the job done. Um, yeah, he's, he's really cool. And then, but I mean, I think Charlotte Clark's probably already in that category of the Maxis Sapp not, but I feel like he's the one that is just yeah, he's wrangled performance out of that Ferrari last year where you just didn't think it was possible and this year I think, um, I think he'll have a really good stab at it this year but it's tricky, isn't it? You know, I'm sure maybe you guys had it at school, you thought you were quite good at something but you just happened to be in the year of the person who was really excellent at it and you're like, God, I'm not going to be the best and I feel like people like Max and Charles and Daniel Ricard, there are a lot of people there that 10 years ago you may have said probably, well, maybe 10 with Max because he was so fabulous even when he was little but, you know, You would have thought, oh, they'll be champion, like, material. And then you just happen to be in the class of Lewis Hamilton and you're just like, oh, no. Mm. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. Charlotte Clerk for me, is, yeah, is an excellent, excellent person to watch driving a Formula One car. And he beats himself up so badly. I mean, a bit like George Russell, but, um, yeah. And maybe George Russell would probably put in that category as well if he gets a, a... decency you know if he gets that mercedes
3: seat I, so. I just wanted to get your thoughts on sprint races because it has divided fans i don't want to say it's like controversial but they've been wanting to change the format of a race weekend for a while and we had talk of reverse grid races that was something that you know not a lot of us were a big fan of was reverse grids but you know, they've come up with the idea of sprint races. It's going to be at a few races in 2021. I know that Silverstone has now been confirmed that they will be hosting a, a sprint race. Do you think it's going to work? How do you think you, you're going to see this, see this going?
2: I don't think Formula One would mind me saying this. Um So I don't know if you listened to the explainer video, but that was me voicing it. Anyway, I had to do the, I voiceover.
3: Did.
2: <laughs> I had to do the voiceover a fair few times because things kept changing. So for anyone that thinks it's just uh, like, should we do sprint qualifying? Yeah, all right, Let's give it a bash. Like, they've been taking their time over it. Formula One, especially led by the likes of Ross Brawn and Stefano Domenicali, like, they're not just going to do something random that's going to sabotage the sport. They are thinking about this. And I know it's easy sometimes as a fan if a new idea doesn't really wash with you. My God, I thought you were like a dragon then, Callum. Sorry, I just have to explain that you just exhaled your... Um,
0: What's it called? E-cigarette. I I just, I just, I I literally, I I literally just messaged him and said,
1: stop it. (laughs) Yeah. I do apologise.
2: I'm very very unprofessional. Not at all. No, I love that. I just suddenly looked at the screen
1: and I was like, what is going on? When I'm muted, muted, I just forget everyone else is there. I just go to my little (laughs) bubble. I don't know. Maybe I should try that in the
2: commentary box. Just freak out my co-coms. it works (laughs) oh my gosh Um, that is hilarious so yeah going back to the sprint qualifying so they're not going to do something that um, you know threatens the sport but as a fan I think if an idea isn't up your street it's easy to be like oh they're just trying any old thing any old gimmick it's awful and kind of just sort of hate on it early early doors. <clears throat> so yeah, my first thing would be this has obviously been something that's been spoken about for a long time. Even when they thought they've got the idea, I think there's been a lot of rumination around it and they're kind of trying to work out how best to, to put it into practice. And also let's not forget, it's not 23 races of this new format. We're not just totally turning the sport upside down. Um, it's a few, it's a trial, it's something different, it's you know, I don't think it's, I mean, I may come back to eat my words on this, but I don't think it's going to change anything in the championship necessarily. I mean, we we would hope it's not going to, like, jeopardize that. Um, So I think we need to give it a chance. And I think, you know, what I don't want, you know, we saw with the qualifying change a few years ago with sort of people just not going out and not doing stuff. We don't want to get to that stage where teams are just not even competing in it and stuff. I don't know. So I think let's give it the benefit of the doubt. As I say, I don't think the likes of Ross and Stefano are doing it to annoy anybody. They're just trying to do something, you know, positive for the sport, which may not be something that we will pursue for the rest of the, the time the sport's around, but we've got to try these things, I guess. So, so yeah, I hope you enjoyed my informative description of sprint qualifying
0: please check the uh, description for details of where you can listen to it
3: (laughs) it was it was very informative because even I was struggling to get my head around how is this gonna work so I did sort of like shop around shall we say for for information and did my own sort of research and I did listen to it it was very informative so thank you (laughs) I think it was recorded in my car
2: but there we go
0: Blimey, that's where Callum usually does his podcasts from. Um, <laughs> it's amazing,
2: it's super quiet in my car, so yeah, a hey, lot, hey, hey. lot of voiceovers are
0: done there. The acoustics in a car are actually very good, it's a, it is a fact. Um, <laughs> God, you've just thrown me now. Um, what was I about to ask you? So oh My
2: professionalism, do you mean? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, has,
0: has the embargo been lifted on Canada yet? Can we talk about that?
2: Yes, it's gone right now.
0: So we've just found out that the Canadian Grand Prix has been cancelled. Um, sorry, Carl to keep you up. Um, and um, we are going instead to Turkey, which I'm very happy about because I, well, I think everyone enjoyed it last year. Um, are we going to see a of last year? I, I I can't imagine it, but what do you think?
2: Like it, it was... Um... Poor Valtteri Bottas. I think I called him Kylie after that. Kylie went spinning <laughs> around because he did so many spins on that uh, racetrack. Um, it was awful, poor bloke. I don't know what happened. He just got like spinitis. Um, <laughs>
0: spinitis.
2: It's that thing. It is now. Um, yeah, but I think it was it was tricky, wasn't it, for the drivers? I mean, goodness me, the asphalt. I think they'd like watered it as well. So um it wasn't great. And then yeah, a lot of a lot of spins and they were just like driving on ice. But yeah, it was a magnificent weekend. My goodness me, loved it. So if we can have a bit more of that, although I don't know if you guys are fans of Circuit de Gilles Villeneuve, um, but that's equally as impressive. So it's a real shame not to be going to Canada, but I think Great that Formula One have managed to fill the gap, so we'll still get the, the full full works in terms of racing. But you know, fingers crossed for twenty twenty two, we'll be back in Mon- Montreal. Maybe even we'll have Turkey on the calendar next year as well. More the merrier. Bring them in. Bring em I in. Hope so. Bring them yeah. in. Bring in.
1: I'm using Kylie Minogue, by the way. We have in our group a very very big Valtteri Bottas fan.
3: Oh no, i have just the only Bottas done.
1: fan in the world. So I I've literally just said.
3: This. literally just sent him a message and I've said you are gonna love what Rosanna Tennant just said about Valtteri Bottas I'm just looking up I
2: um I got a message afterwards from Andrew Shovlin from Mercedes as you guys will all know um and he was like can't believe you did a compilation video of Valtteri and his spins he's seen it you know don't panic though I'd offered to make a video of them all and he'd said he'd like to see it Turned out you'd already done one. I was like, ha, ha, ha. I'm calling him Kylie from now on. Oh I mean, it's a good God. plan. Feel free to take the mick out of him. He's earned it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan, Dan earns it every day as well for being a Bottas fan. So, you know, hand <laughs> in hand, hand there, isn't it?
2: You can be called Kylie from now on. Poor, poor Valkyrie. It's just one of those races, I think, drivers say, you know, once you start, you just can't stop. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Rob Smedley said, I think it happened to Massa. And Rob was like, you just... You have one of those races and you're just like, right, we need to just put that one in
0: the bin and move on. So, yeah, or BB. Oh dear, it's going to take me a while to get over that, Kylie. That is brilliant. We, we, we came up with so many different ones, but we just didn't get Kylie. I'm disappointed <laughs> in us.
2: <laughs> you're welcome.
1: Time for the prop. Oh, gosh. So every week or every, every, nearly every week, I ask a guest to step into my motorsport time machine.
2: The officially branded ones um, that you've got
1: there behind you. Yeah, it's my own personal. I made it with some masking tape and a Sharpie. The Sharpie, the Sharpie's here. Um if you could go any t- <laughs> if you could go to any era of motorsport and watch any race or talk to any driver, anywhere you can think of, in any discipline, where would you go and why? Oh
2: my goodness, this is a tough one. So I have to put my hands up and say that I only really got into F1 in March 2013, which was my first season in the sport, which is a bit mean because, well not mean a bit unfair, because my brother um, loved it forever. So we always had Formula One on in the background. So probably since the early 90s, maybe it was on in the house, but I really started taking interest in 2013. So this is a bit of a cop-out, but I would actually say, can I go back to 2013, Melbourne, and actually talk to the drivers, because I used to work for Pole Position, which was a YouTube channel, and they wouldn't let me in the paddock with my camera. So I used to have to stand outside and make up, well not make up, but like report on what had happened in the session. And it was such a faff, and all I wanted to do was go in and talk to the drivers, and I I was in the paddock, but I wasn't allowed to film in the paddock. So maybe if I'd gone back there and actually kind of started chatting to them earlier on, then yeah, my job would have been a bit easier. So that will, I'll go back to the beginning of my little, my time in F1, if that's all right, just so I can kind of understand it all a bit better, because I was definitely doing it from afar and it was quite stressful trying to remember like who was who and who had overtaken who and (laughs) all the terminology. It's quite quite intense.
0: I'll be, on- be honest with you, Rosanna, I, I thought you were going to be, uh, sort of swinging off a chandelier with James Hunt or something, to be honest with you. But... Well, I'll
2: take that as well, of course, <laughs> of course. Um, yeah, no, that would be, that would be great. Yeah. I would like to have kind of followed James Hunt on a weekend. You know, that would have been quite a cool feature to like start the race weekend with him, you know, probably not be able to keep up with him on the sort of drinking of all the wonderful, I don't know, champagne, maybe was that his tipple, who knows. Um, and then see how he performed on a Sunday, I would be like, I think that would be an amazing feature. So yeah, maybe I'd like that then. I'd like to do a little race feature around him. Um, yeah, wow, what a what a character. Mm. But otherwise, yeah, I think there have been so many well, that's what I love about um, my job now and being allowed to do some of the well, not allowed to, ask to, um, do some of the voiceovers of all the wonderful kind of battles that happen in F1. Like it's very educational for me as well, because it's tricky to know everything if you've not followed the sport, obviously since day dot, but also have a relatively short history in the sport yourself. It's so nice reading about all these lovely rivalries. I got, I think I did a, a voiceover last year about sort of Senna and Prost and Hunt and Lauda. And it's really nice because it starts to kind of help me build the story in my mind is what happened. So, yeah, it's, it's what what a sport. What a sport, eh?
1: Now you've mentioned parties and James Hunt. You actually do a lot of corporate events with the likes of Rolex, Shell, Hugo Boss, Land Rover, Mercedes. Who throws the best parties?
2: Oh, see, those aren't necessarily parties. Some of those are very yeah, smart conferences.
1: No, they <laughs> they always
2: pop.
0: end in parties, surely.
2: <laughs> um, so, um, oh, do you remember, obviously, Vijay Malia? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the party boat in Monaco. That was pretty cool when he used to invite everyone on there, on, hmm must have been Thursday night, I reckon, um, because the Friday off, that was pretty amazing. We got given like a scroll as the invitation to go onto the boat. And then, I mean, this is random, but like we got given a bracelet, like a very lovely bead bracelet thing. You wore that and on you went and it was just all beautiful, amazing music, cool drinks, dance floor, everything. So that was pretty special to be in Monaco Harbor on the most amazing yacht, all, you know, very kind hospitality of, of DJ, um, so that was <clears throat> that was pretty cool. So yeah, back in the day when it was Force India, that was a cool boat to go on. And Red Bull also do a wonderful party as well um, in Monaco. That's the kind of I don't know if you think of like the glitz and the glamour of Formula One. It's always Monaco, isn't it? That you kind of think. Well, I definitely think of maybe a little bit Abu Dhabi, Singapore, um, but yeah, Monaco really really dazzles.
1: Okay, that's cool. I mean, were you a little bit personal here? Were you absolutely yeah. spanned on the Force India boat? <laughs> I think I probably would have been free hospitality absolutely I
2: know how to hold my drink Um, in both hands Um, no I (laughs) um, I was working so I had to be very um, on it actually because we were filming so I was we were allowed to go on filming and I kind of went through the whole, like, welcome onto the boat and got given the bracelet and I undid the scroll and all that sort of stuff. So it was very kind of like, and here we are on the boat and, oh, you know, Adrian Suttle was there. So I was like, Adrian, hi, and chatting away and kind of running all around the boat. So, no, I kind of kept it together, which is very professional, I know.
0: Um, No, I wouldn't have have done. (laughs) You put me on a rowing boat and I'll I'll, I'll take it too far, let alone a a yacht in Monaco.
2: Oh gosh, don't get you to Henley then anytime soon. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, it was. Um, yeah, it was amazing though. The, all those experiences are incredible. But I think that's the that's the thing. I mean, I'm sure there are people that push it, but you are working, and also it's a bit bit mean on the fans in the morning if I rock up stinking of I don't know sambuca or something. Be like you're all right, having a fun time. they be like, whoa,
1: Monaco, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. though, isn't it? They probably expect it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, there's been some years when I've, I've been, you know, having a great time, but I always I get teased because I always wash my hair and make sure I'm kind of trying to, you know, make the best of myself, shall we say, the next morning. Because so I just think, gosh, imagine if you were too hungover to kind of do a good job. There are so many wonderful people out there that would definitely do better on a Sunday morning than me with a hangover. <laughs>
0: well lucky you're there to do it and i'm not that's all i'll say
2: No, but you can really enjoy it as a fan if you come you can like have a great time oh you can yeah work some of the races and then go to them as a fan
0: yep uh, as, as soon as fia give us that uh, that accreditation we will do
2: get, get an email into them
0: we will we will well we are just about out of time Rosanna but uh, it's been it's been lovely having you on and um, hearing some of your, your funny stories as well you shared a few things I didn't expect you to such as the old um, Bottas Kylie I think I, I will forever laugh about that so thank you very much no worry
2: absolute pleasure so nice to meet you all
0: thank you I, 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 and, we, and we will we will certainly see you again and have you on again but for, for the people who uh, want to follow you want to check you out social media and all of that good stuff where can they where can they go
2: Well, I feel a bit too old to do TikTok just currently, but I am on Instagram at Rosanna Tennant and on Twitter at Rosanna Tennant, but I'm probably a bit more active on Instagram. So give me a follow on there if you want to see what goes on behind the scenes in Formula One.
0: Thank you. So yeah, everyone head over there. And um, before we leave, can we just have your championship predictions, please, in terms of who will be the world, World Drivers' Champion, who will be the Constructors' Champion, and will McLaren or Ferrari take third?
2: Right, I think because I love a fairy tale. I think Lewis Hamilton will win his eighth world championship, so he will take the biggest spoils. I think. Okay, I'm gonna You're go going to go. Not going in the time
1: machine again now. You're going to lock me in the time machine. <laughs> Send
2: her back to 2013. She's not welcome here. Um, and then I think I'm going to get controversial. And I'm probably going to receive hate mail from any of the colleagues that I work with at Mercedes, but I think Red Bull might get the constructors. Mm. And I think I think McLaren are going to beat Ferrari because I think um they just need to slow and steady consistency, reliability. And I think McLaren may have that over Ferrari this year.
0: Well, to our listeners, you heard it here first.
2: And I yeah. hope Nikita Mazepin finishes a race sometime soon because that would be excellent.
0: Do you? I'm not, I'm not sure many do. <laughs> <laughs> ah,
2: wow.
0: Well, and on that note, um, we will leave it there. But thank you so much, Rosanna. We would love to have you back anytime. You just let us know and we will be here waiting.
2: Thank you so much, guys. So nice to meet you all. Thank you for all the questions. And um, yeah, perhaps another visit to the time machine. Sometimes, <laughs> you Callum.
1: No, no. I'll say it. You ruined it. <laughs> but, above the bridge. By the bridge. I've, re- I've even ripped it off the wall. <laughs> it's gone.
2: <laughs> so it's no it. sound. Thank Good. God. <laughs> Thank God he has. Thank you so much, guys. See you soon. Hopefully, out a track rather than virtually.
0: Definitely, definitely. Very well, sure. actually, we'll see you on the back of a yacht in Monaco. How about that?
2: Definitely, it won't be my yacht. So we'll have to beg and borrow, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Come somewhere. in my
0: rowing boat. That's fine. But
2: I'm you can see me if you're up for it.
0: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs>